The Rough Drafts Podcast is sponsored by Unicorn.com, the world's premier esports betting site. Bet on your favorite games like CSGO, Dota 2, and League of Legends, and earn Unicorns through successful bets, or use Unicorn's exclusive Connect program, where you can earn Unicorns just by playing some of your favorite games. Use your earnings to enter Unicorn's raffles for exciting prizes like Logitech peripherals or CSGO skins. So join Chase and Walter and prove who really is the esports gambling expert. Unicorn.com. Log on today. Redshirt King Wassenaar, and welcome to this special edition of the Rough Drafts Podcast. It's the NALCS Finals. Walter's rocking the shirt. You know what time it is. You knew it was going to happen. We knew both of these wins were going to happen. I don't know if we thought the Cloud9 one was going to be as decisive as it was, but it's North America. It had to be Cloud9 and TSM at the top. It's just what they do. And we're here, and I can't think of... Anyone who's more excited to be here than my good friend and co-host, Walter Cedis Petchuk. Walter, you're on a lot of different win streaks right now, right? Yeah, we're, uh, I am now a, a defending three-time Guess Two Lion time. champion. I've won, I've won three times, but now I've won, I've, de- I've won and defended now. This is my defense. Uh, so that makes me a three-time Guess Lion uh, champion. I'm not even going to count up how many times you've done it because it doesn't matter because I've won the last two. I won the last two, so it doesn't matter in my mind. Uh, TSM went, you know, 3-0, just kind of rolled over FlyQuest, kind of you know, kicked high off their shoes. Like, you know, that was, I don't know, I stepped in dog crap. That's, oh. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm feeling good, man. I'm feeling really freaking good going into these finals because I know as a degenerate gambler, I'm going to win either way. Yeah, that's true. Uh, your ability to gamble against your own interests has uh, has played well for you. Of course, for those of you following around last week, you'll know that I told you guys that TSM was going to win 3 nothing. I said to take the minus 2.5 at plus 190. If you did, you made money last week by following our smart money bets because we did say guaranteed we told everyone to take TSM minus 1.5 because there was value there. Um Unfortunately, we didn't make that an official bet because Walter didn't want to jinx things. So we ended up, uh, the only other official bet we had was Cloud9 and Phoenix1 going to five maps. Uh, That did not work out the way we planned. So it was actually negative $41 on the week, unless you want to include my brilliant prediction. Um, But we do not for the purposes of this. So we are at $244 overall. We've got to find some value. Walter, we've got two teams that need to find some some solace and some peace of mind after a very tough week last week. FlyQuest versus Phoenix One. Let's start with FlyQuest, the crap that apparently you dusted off of your shoes. Were you a little worried at Game One? Like, did we see enough from FlyQuest in Game One to have you say, like, oh, this could be something there? Was there any sort I mean, of... Listen, I know TSM has a pretty mediocre mid- uh, early game. 
Like, it's a known fact. We gave up first bloods to Moon all three games. Fenskeren just has not looked like his normal self. But you know what? It doesn't matter because TSM thrives in that mid to late game. They don't care about laning phase, which is so anti-TSM, it's kind of incredible. Because um, last year, that was all we were, was always the laning phase. Right. We build up these massive leads through the la- these massive leads through the laning phase, and then move on into the late game with that massive lead, and just hope it was enough for us to kind of squeak our way out. And this team is such the opposite of it, where it is screw the mid, you know, screw the early game. We don't care. We're gonna go for that mid to late game. We're gonna go for the dragons, go for the objectives, and it's it's just it reminds me of late career Reginald, mm-hmm. where Reggie wasn't good enough to really go toe to toe with some of the mid laners in North America anymore. But it didn't matter. They fought over dragons. They created these compositions where it was all about the objectives. And it worked for them. So was I necessarily worried? No. Like I said, I I did the counter jinx by not going for the minus two and a half. I didn't think TSM was going to 3-0 this series. I thought it was going to be, you know, a 3-1 to to TSM. And they were going to need to figure out FlyQuest at some point because we only had one series the entire split where we didn't take it to three games. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess this series, we did take it to three games. So ha 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 <laughs> foolish Walter for not sticking with the trend. Um, but at the end of the day, FlyQuest just isn't a good team. Not <laughs> all five of their players. Moon was exceptional this series. I thought Moon played really, really well. Yes. I thought high was uh, pretty good. I thought he was like his season four self where he wasn't, you know, stopping anybody in lane, but just, he was utilizing the, movement around the map he was cleaning up coming into you know skirmishes kind of late creating skirmishes with moon um but the other three players on this team are not good players i don't think any of them you can argue are you know in the top half of the lcs at their position i just they aren't very good uh you know balls they kept putting him onto rumble which is you know his his preferred champion they did it in the first round and then here they had him play maokai and kennen champions that he's been very successful on in the past in his career but he wasn't beating Haunters, who probably is going to be the MVP of the league at this point. Um, and then this bot lane was just, it's a throwaway. What what are Lemon Nation and Altec even good at when you point to them? what are, What is their claim to fame? What are they supposed to be doing here? And I just, I don't see it. I don't know why they, they're here on this team. Yeah, I'm not sure they know why they're here on this team at this point. And look, I... <laughs> I say that as someone who's been a long-time Alltech defender. I almost put him on my all-pro list this year. I thought he played relatively well. You're, uh, you're glad I saved you from that one. Don't well, worry. I mean, to be fair, like I'm not sure uh, I feel that much better about who we did pick. Uh, but I, I don't think there were a lot of great AD carries this year. But at the very least, Alltech looks like he's lost in this meta right now. Uh, FlyQuest had blue sides for all three games. TSM gave that advantage up. And what did they do? Oh, let's first pick Ash all three games. I'm not sure what? blue side is an advantage anymore. I think well, that counter pick is just too massive. Well, I'll put it this way. It certainly isn't an advantage if you're going to first pick Ash, who has a losing record on this patch right now. It's something like 42%, I believe. Last time I checked that out on Oracle's Elixir. It's probably worse since then. I don't get it. it this was like, a, like, I guess it gives you that teamfight initiation, but it does nothing else for you. It certainly wasn't the impact that they needed in team fights. I mean, did FlyQuest outthink themselves? Were they just completely outskilled? I mean, I I feel like this was a failure on multiple levels here. I mean, yeah, if you're not as talented as the team you're playing against, and we saw Fnatic try to do this over in Europe, you need to 
I, I don't want to say cheese, but you need to come up with something interesting. You need to come up with something to get the, the, the better team off of their game. Get them to play your speed, your style, your tempo, however you want. And the problem is FlyQuest tried to do that early on in these games with, with Moon and with Hive, really roaming around trying to make plays on the map. But you have to assert that over the course of an entire game, and that requires all five members of your team being able to do it. You know, uh, the Twitch pick or the Cannon pick for Reckless doesn't work if the other four players around his team aren't built around that composition and trying to work within that composition. And well, yeah, FlyQuest, they, they, you know, they focused on this Ash pick. They focused on... They let other... High get counterpicked three times? I mean, I mean this has to be... I think Card's got to be in the running for worst series draft. I, I don't know why season. they didn't take red side in game two. I honestly don't know why they didn't take red side in game two. I don't know why they picked high second rotation all three games. Like, they didn't even wait to see if TSM would, would opt into giving Bjergsen a solid pick. They're just like, hey, by the way, this is our most important player, and this is what he wants to do. Bjergsen, what would you like to do into it? I mean, the, the Oriana, I get why High wants the Oriana. It's a playmaking champion that works in that mid to late game team fight. But the problem is it then neuters what he's best at. And it's not mid to late game team fights. It's really getting out into the map and roaming. And I, listen, Chase, I don't know about you, but I play it like a silver to gold level. And I don't see Oriana roaming around the map trying to pick up kills. It's not I, how I would see that champion either. I, I just, I don't see that champion doing that. So while, yeah, when they played against each other the first time, TSM did kind of, you know, facepalm and walk into a lot of Orianna ultimates, and that gave FlyQuest the Game 2 victory in their very first series against each other, TSM just didn't do that this time. They're like, oh, you're playing Orianna? Okay, we just won't let Orianna ult us. We won't clump up. We won't group in. We won't go in, you know, three at a time to hop on one person. We're going to spread things out. I thought it was exceptionally done by TSM. They played very well into FlyQuest, and... FlyQuest, to me, is just like a horse with no name. Like, it, what do they do? What is their identity? It, it, there is none. Well, they have one. It's it's Moon and High get ahead and open up the map, and then they roam, and the enemy team can't figure out what they're doing because High gets to do his shot-calling things. But to me, like, I, I mean, you've got to put your team in a position to be able to pull that off. And I, I know I'm harping on this draft stuff, but I'd like to point out, uh, TSM got Varus after the second round of bans, in which FlyQuest had two AD carry bans and they chose not to ban the most winning AD carry on the current patch. That's insane. It's stupid. It was so... It, it felt like, for whatever reason, they just said, hey, TSM, have everything you want. Now we'll see if we can beat you. And I don't think you can play that way three times in a row. I think, as you noted, like it's, you've got to come up with another way to do it. And the way to do it is not... Hey, here's everything you love. Hanser, would you like to play Nautilus? I think you've done that once or twice this season, right? Yeah, it's just... I... I man, I they, they've snuck into the playoffs, and I don't think Immortals would have done much better against TSM, but I think it would have no. been more entertaining. And CLG would have been more entertaining. Like, that's the real heartbreaker of this... I mean... It's, are we being too harsh on FlyQuest here now? Is, is, is this no, a reaction? No, they look terrible! Cause, they cause, looked awful! Because CLG fought TSM to three games <laughs> so, like in the last couple times they played. Like, you would think... FlyQuest looked awful. No, there, there is no there is no pulling punches here. They looked atrocious. They had a really good beginning to game one. Sure, they got a bunch of first bloods, but... 
they just completely fell apart with their leads and TSM just completely defeated them. This is one of the few teams where TSM matches up lane for lane is better than every single person lane for lane, except maybe Svenskeren and Moon. But like Wild Turtle and Biofrost are better than Lemon Nation and Alltech. Uh, Haunters is the best top laner in North America, so he's obviously better than Balls. You you know, we could talk about the Jensen-Bjergsen matchup later and how it's close, but High isn't anywhere near Bjergsen. That's not even a discussion. Yeah. that, that that's not They're not in the same stratosphere, so yeah. this is one of the times that, sure, TSM doesn't have to care about laning phase, but they just already win the laning phase because we're better than you. So, and they no. know it. FlyQuest was awful. And I, it brings me to, to the other team that did not look very good this week. Awful, I think, would have been a fair way to describe it. Phoenix won. Because they were also 3-0'd. I mean, where do we where do we start? Do we start with the fact that they played Shady in the first two games of this series? Do we start with just some of their perplexing pick again <laughs> situations? Like, so let's start with the autopsy, Doctor C80s. Where do we go? Uh, the autopsy is they uh, they they took their brain out of their head and they rolled over against a team that they should have been able to beat, and they didn't do anything to take advantage of any of Cloud9's weaknesses. Um, you know, Inori tried early on, but it, it really was contracts just played really well in the early game and shored up that one really substantial weakness Cloud9 has. It didn't completely carry them over, and Phoenix 1 did look like, like, yeah, maybe we're doing better in the early game, but they didn't pressure that advantage as well. And, you know, Zig, everyone talks him up. He got some, some high all-pro voting that I just don't understand necessarily. Yeah. He look terrible against impact he looks terrible against ray the pick and ban phase from fly was just atrocious like this it's funny that ryu is on this team because phoenix won and inori because phoenix won so many times over the course of the season we have likened them to h2k last year and it seems so incredibly fitting that both them and h2k got 3 0 this in the in the playoffs this year because it's it's almost the exact same story again they have one way to play the game, and it's have their jungler get a massive advantage early on in the map, whether it's Meos putting the gold lead onto his laners or whether it's Inori getting the gold lead for himself and then carrying it around the map. That was entirely their strategy, and their jungler just wasn't able to help any of their lanes win. And Arrow, for God's sakes, get this man one support. He right? played with three different freaking supports this year. And this is something that I think we really do need to just harp on because it's one thing to say like, well, you know, we've got these two junglers uh, that we both think, you know, each has these own different elements. Uh, as far as the supports go, I don't know what Shady does that Stunt doesn't. I, it's not visible to me when watching the gameplay. I'm not seeing, I mean, you can argue that Stunt didn't look much better. His game three was not he didn't. ideal. He didn't. But I, I don't think that either one of them is is so strong at one thing or the other that that switch is going to add any value. So I don't understand how they why they balance that decision the way they did. And I also don't think that, you know, what does this do for Inori's confidence moving forward? Like, you're down 2 nothing in the series, and then you choose to pull him before game three. Like, that, that's it's a message for a guy that is as emotionally driven as he's been in interviews. I don't see that playing well in the long run. I don't think that makes him feel comfortable about what his role in the team is going to be. I don't think I feel comfortable if I'm stunned. I don't think I feel comfortable if I'm shady. I don't, you know, Meteo certainly didn't play well. That's something that we got to remember is just, 
I mean, certainly things didn't get better in the jungle when he came in, sound yeah. that at least. I, like, the problem is, I think at that point, that Phoenix One was so far behind, they were trying to force way too much. They were really yeah. trying to force plays, and like, okay, we're down two games, we have to win this. And anytime you get someone in a must-win situation, one of two things happens. They, you know, it's the whole, you back an animal into a corner, and they just fight tooth and nail back. Or sometimes you back that animal into a corner and they go face first into the corner and you're like, oh, you're no threat to me. So I just, again, they just look bad. They just rolled over. And out of all, out of the four, you know, the four teams that were in the quarterfinals, Phoenix one had the best chance of knocking off one of these teams. And again, it's just a lack of identity. What, what is this team? And some of that has to do with the fact that they bounced so much between Medios and Inori over the course of the season. Granted, there wasn't a whole lot you could do about that. You were kind of forced into that. But at the end of the day, in the playoffs, you need to have a firm identity of who you are, how you like to play the game, and how you're going to force the other team to play your style. And both FlyQuest and Phoenix 1 failed at that at the end of the day. Yeah, and I, I think that's absolutely fair. I, I think that if you look at Phoenix 1, like, what was their style into this series? I don't know what their cohesive plan was. I didn't see anything from a game-to-game -game basis that made me say, oh, yes, this is the plan. This is what we're trying to build here. Uh, and I, I think that is genuinely a concern. I certainly, I, I guess I have to ask this question, Walter, before we uh, decide uh, how you think this series is going to go. Is this a sure sign that NA is stagnated? Because we're about to see Cloud9 versus TSM for the fifth time. Mm. We've still only seen three teams and one uh, outlier of a good game university split. Like, th like this wasn't close. And it still doesn't seem very close when it comes to the top two, you know, TSM and whichever Cloud9 or CLG happens to be good that split. And the rest of the league, like, the, how do we get, like, how are we here? How are we still here after all these splits? The thing is that both of these teams only made one change. They made one small change. Obviously, Cloud9 going to the, the rookie jungler over Medios, and then TSM changing from double lift to wild turtle. But both neither of these teams played through that position. That was like if you were the Lakers back in 2001 to you know 2003 and you're replacing, you know, uh Ron Harper with, you know, Tyron Liu. Like that's not a big deal. Like, sure, that that's one of your starters. He's gonna play a, a lot of minutes, but like you still got Kobe and Shaq. Why do you care? Mm -hmm. Like, it, it doesn't matter. And you've got all these other teams. Phoenix One made, you know, changes to the mid lane, changes to the AD carry position. FlyQuest, sure, they didn't make any changes, but, uh, you know, they came into the, uh, into the you know, LCS. And those players were players that were not good enough to play in the LCS last mm -hmm. summer. You look at te a team like CLG. CLG, we had this argument about whether they should have stayed together or not, you know, run it back or not and which which clg is the real clg the clg that you know took a game off of skt and really took it to them in msi last year or the team that bottomed out in the playoffs the last two splits like there's that dignitas obviously apex coming over from apex making a bunch of changes like the reason cloud nine and tsm are so good they don't make a ton of changes all at the same time and they eventually figure it out like, that's the difference, is that they're just consistent in the players that they have. And they trust the players that they have. Yeah, but to be fair, it's a lot easier to be consistent when the talent you have is already good. Well, Like, if any of these teams below them were doing well, <coughs> they wouldn't be needing to make all these wholesale changes. I, I think that, you know, there, there's a certain 
thing that, that TSM and Cloud9 have figured out in terms of how they structure the team, how they structure the system, their pick and ban, you know, top to bottom, just how they handle themselves that other teams in North America just haven't been able to recreate. And it's not a, a Korean thing versus a North American thing. Obviously, TSM, you know, Parth has a North American guy. You have Reaper as a Korean guy on Cloud9. So I, I don't think that it's necessarily a mentality thing on that angle. But something's got to give because as much as I'm sure, you know, we're going to talk to two fans later today that are very happy with the fact that their teams are going to be in the finals. But I think if you're in the rest of the league, like, you can't be happy with this as far as the state of the North American scene. These semifinal series should not be blowouts. It should no, not be shouldn't. this bad. No. And it should not have been the scale of blowouts they were. There wasn't a single game across either of these two sem uh, semifinal series that was over 35 minutes. Not a single one got to 35 minutes. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I guess real quick, 60 seconds, like, is there any factor that you're looking into in this third place game that you think sets either team apart because my instinct is to say that they both looked bad and i don't i don't know why i'm supposed to care anymore yeah i, I don't this care month. this is the third place match why do i care like sure sure circuit points are going to matter in the summer but like i don't think either of these teams are going to look all that similar in the summer i think FlyQuest is going to make some changes i think phoenix one is going to make some changes yeah. like the cores are probably going to say moon and high are probably going to be there probably balls too and with Phoenix One, you're probably going to keep Ryu and Arrow and and you know probably Zig together, just because I don't know who else you replace. You know who do you replace Zig with necessarily? Who do you replace Balls with? Mm -hmm. um, but at the end of the day, no, I don't care. Why do I care about this third place match when I have Cloud Nine versus TSM on Sunday? Yeah. I work on Saturday. Like I'm not going to be <laughs> rushing home from work to watch Phoenix One versus FlyQuest Wads. I am going to be scheduling my entire Sunday around Cloud Nine versus TSM. Yes, I and I think. You're you're absolutely right to feel that way. Look, I more than anyone, like I had Arrow as my MVP pick. I really liked this Phoenix Same. One team. Yeah. I wanted to enjoy this series. I wanted to have I picked Dignitas really to win the LCS. Like, come on. I, I would love to have that there. I'd love to have stories that made the bottom or, or at least the, the middle tier, the mid upper tier feel interesting. And instead, it feels like we've got two or three franchises in the LCS. Uh, and I'm going to include CLG in there because historically they've been there recently. And we've got seven jobbers. And I don't, <laughs> I, I just, I, I want that to change. I want that to be, I, I want that to be a thing that we can look at now and say like, you know, this is, there's going to be a new shape to this North American scene. And I just don't know when that's going to happen. Uh, we do have this match though. It is going to happen. Walter, where did you see Phoenix one versus FlyQuest ending up? Uh, I had Phoenix one at minus 200. Okay, you get this one almost exactly. I don't oh, know what I was thinking here. I uh, I said Phoenix one minus two seventy five because I looked at the line last week and I like oh TSM was super heavily favored over FlyQuest and P Phoenix one was pretty close to Cloud Nine so that means Phoenix one will be favorites right? They'll be hard favorites. That's why I had it at minus two seventy five. I was wrong. I was so so wrong. It is Phoenix one minus one ninety two, which puts FlyQuest at plus one forty five. Uh, if you're looking for uh, some value on some of the prop bets, uh, Phoenix One minus one and a half at plus 115. If you have any confidence that Phoenix One can get the 3-0 uh, like they did against no. Dignitas, that would be no. uh, plus 340. No. And the one bet I would I, I saw that I thought was really interesting, FlyQuest winning map one at plus 115. Feels like if they were going to pull out something weird, game one would be the time for them to do it. Also, four and a half or more maps, uh, plus 175. So 
Hmm. Definitely some things to ruminate over here. But you know what, Walter? I don't need you to uh, to give me an answer now. In fact, I am going to uh, kind of take a, a quick break because I believe there's going to be a dark presence. That's what I'm sensing right now <laughs> in the force. I believe that uh, there's something that happens when two TSM fans get together that uh, the universe has a hard time dealing with. So I'm going to step back and let them figure it out. And I will turn over to you, my friend. Take it away. Well, thank you, Chase, for that wonderful introduction. And much like we did on the European uh, Finals preview show, we have gone out and found some super fans of the two teams that are facing off in the North American LCS Finals. And for TSM, it is actually one of our friends. He's appeared on an episode before when we discussed the esports episode of Bull from CBS. It is, of course, Michael Weatherly. I'm sorry, not Michael Weatherly. Uh, Matthew Superbian, MG Galbraith. Matt, how are you doing today, buddy? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just mourning the pass of my uh, not ex Ziva. So, you know, <laughs> tough, tough life. <laughs> that is that is entirely fair. So, Matt, uh, you and I famously get along on Twitter because we're both TSM fans. Uh, we share other similar interests in politics and and uh, Michael Weatherly and NCIS. But because we're talking about the North American finals here, we're going to focus on, on TSM. We're not going to get into politics. TSM. Yeah, T TSM. So as we've asked everyone else, uh, and I've told my story of why I'm a TSM fan, so why don't you just give us a quick little, you know, why you're a TSM fan, what got you into this team? So I started playing League, like, re not like, I'm not like uh, I played beta like i i played league before it was cool mm -hmm. type of thing. i started playing league like one month after it came out of beta like yeah. one month after it started i've been playing league for a long time yep. and i started being a tsm fan because i was watching uh i had a a crappy job at a hotel <laughs> and before that and I, at nights I, o overnight i would watch people stream right really early on like the genius of tsm early on was definitely uh, getting that gaming house way before everyone else and yep. just like hitting the streaming hard yep. and building up that fan base. So I, I got into TSM because I was, uh, I, I watched a lot of them stream. Okay. Okay. What, what made you stick around? Because while they've always been sort of the, the, the high tier of streaming, they, you know, almost always were big streamers. What, what really kept you around once the LCS started? Uh, a lot of things. Well, for starter, the memes, uh, that's fair. They, they had the Bay Life thing was great. Yep. I actually, I really wanted, and for I always kind of feel kind of sad. Like I kind of miss the the earlier TSM that was like in your face and played the villain. Yeah. You know? They they kind of owned that like uh, almost like that uh, evil empire like your Yankees type like yeah. weird all in there and they had swagger. Yep. You know and well the the newer TSM rosters. They don't quite have that swagger. You know, you've had a few people, like Lustboy had his little... Uh, you can't see John, me. John, yeah, John yeah. Cena thing. Uh, Loco actually obviously had attitude. It seems like Haunter might be the hero we deserve. You know, <laughs> you know and the one we need. You know, he's, he's like, you know, I'm not I'm not stressed at all. I'm going to feel pretty good because yeah. I'm way better than all the top laners that C9 has. Yeah. So but, uh, and apart from that, like, 
So one of my favorite champions when I first started playing was Karthus because, mm -hmm. like, dude, he didn't he didn't give a damn. Like, you could just go and die. Like, you wanted to die. And yeah. I loved it. Like, Reggie, Reggie would just bring out this Karthus, just die in the middle of a team fight and just kill everyone. It was always hilarious. Yeah, the, the days where he would just dive under an inhibitor tower and you're like, what are you doing? Oh, wait, this is Reginald. This is what he does. And he dies and he's calling. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, oh, wait, this is Karthus. This is absolutely fine. Yeah, I mean... We're talking. Plus, had this like uh, Reginald was a bit of a precursor to High in mm -hmm. that the genius of High shot calling uh, has always been, in my opinion, himself and how he uses himself in the game. Like High shot calling fall off, fell off when he went to the support lane because he could no longer use himself mm -hmm. as the vehicle for his shot calling. Correct. It's like a lot of those famous high plays you think of like at worlds where he's like mind gaming the hell mm -hmm. out of the opponent team by like jumping up and down between top lane and the jungle and like he always, it, it, he was his own tool right and that was the way reginald led yeah. reginald always led by the from the front like yes when he made shotgun he was the one that was making that move and the high at his best was always him making that move when you when you look at the champions that they share, uh, you know that they share are pretty common, like Twisted Fate. That's that's two champions that you think of high, and you think of Reginald as like some of their best. Obviously, Karthus, we have Kennen for Reginald and for High, and these are all champions that want to be right in the thick of things, that want to be the first one into the team fight. Um, I, I think yeah, Reggie was a Reggie was probably the best Zed player in NA. Yeah, when he played. Yeah. But obviously that got buried in the in the, the faker hype when they went to Worlds. But like, <laughs> obviously, but Zed was a Reginald champion. Yeah. Season. Like a hundred percent. Like that was a go-to pick for him in the yep. in the summer split that year. Yo, know, and and it was for High too, obviously. So they they share a lot of those playmaking picks. I think. Uh, I think this concept of, of TSM no longer being the villain, I think that happened when Reggie benched himself, when he said, I'm going to step back and bring in this young young Danish prodigy in Bjergsen, because that really feels like... When Reginald was there, Reginald was always the big trash talker. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trash talk everyone. and like, But the rest of the team around him, after Rain Man, because Rain Man is kind of like, yeah, whatever. Chaos was like that, but he got replaced by Wild Turtle, and Wild Turtle was more this kind of fun-loving, like, goofy... You know, right. It kind of bled out. First, like, so you had Expecial who left too. Expecial uh -huh. would always say some stuff. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but really, it's only last year that was really like the year where they were just kind of like, because Dyrus would say some stuff too. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. Dyrus would, and he was the emotional heart of that of TSM. Absolutely. Which is where there were times where it wasn't Reginald leading for, with his, or even Bjergsen leading with his shot calling. It was. Dyrus roaring out after one versus one Ackerman in the top lane as Moondog. Ah. You know, one of the best you know, gifts get, ever. Get, get out, right. So, like, he, he would sometimes almost will the team. To, he had this weird knack for just kind of like sometimes. There are games Dyrus would have where he, he would just out of nowhere because it wasn't his role on TSM, just put TSM on his back in like one versus five the entire game. Yeah. Or he'd somehow end up in the middle of his uh a dragon fight and just cause chaos because that, that was what dyrus was really good at in a team fight mm -hmm. he would roll in with his shivana or his renector his mudu and he just and he almost always forced the enemy team to scatter yeah because he played these champions in that mid game they were really strong 
if the game got towards the end, you people might start thinking, well, Dyrus is dying. Well, that's because Dyrus is playing a champion that's not tank enough to do what he's his normal role is to do. Yeah. Like, Renekton falls off. Shivana scaled a little bit better, but Shivana still, like, falls off. But for that one, for that, you know, 15 to 25 minute time of the game, he rolls in there, You, no one can fight him, and he would cause the enemy team to scatter, which would allow Turtle to sit back and just kind of, like, snipe his way around and dance around the outside of the team fight. It's... So, the, Dyrus, I always thought, was kind of, like, almost under like uh underappreciated for what he did only because the truth is dyrus was a top two top laner in na for a very long time yeah is he, that he because was. na top lane pool was pretty bad yeah it kind of was it was balls dyrus and then zion had a good like three weeks every now and then mm-hmm. that was the get yeah it, it does seem like dyrus as a player was always buried underneath you know, a, a Reginald and Chaos or a Wild Turtle and a Bjergsen or Svenskeren or Santorin. It did always seem like when you thought of TSM, he w- even though he was the mainstay and he had been there forever, he wasn't the first guy you thought of and he was so important to the strategy of the team when he was around. It's funny that you... We should, we should take a moment to contemplate the fact that how lucky TSM has been in the top and mid position. Actually, yeah. sorry top mid any <laughs> so yeah wild turtle in his prime was a top two eighty carry in an a with double mm-hmm. him and double a sneaky sorry top three we'll put sneaky there were there were three yeah so wild turtle leaves they get double it yeah which is obviously awesome reginald's a top two at uh <coughs> top two top three mid later in na he leaves they get bjergsen who's obviously the best mid laner to ever play in north yeah. america yeah. Dyrus leaves, they get Haunter, who has very quickly grown into the... like. It's kind of like, you know, when you look at, like, Brett Favre leaves the Packers and they get Aaron Rodgers. So exactly. these guys are going to have, like, 30 straight years of having one of the best quarterbacks in football. It's the same type of thing. Like, the guys they pick up are just... They get to... It's, yeah, other teams don't get... No other team in NA has that. Every other team has gone through uh, situations where they've they've needed a few attempts to get that person yeah they're they're very good at acquiring talent and acquiring uh the right talent i i think but it's they int- don't develop it. yeah they yeah they, they don't, don't develop, develop it. it yeah I'm, that, I'm a tsm fan but i will cut that narrative to pieces they do not develop talent to be fair biofro well to be fair bjergsen we developed bjergsen like yeah, okay you know he grew he was young yeah he developed as a a shot caller as he got used to the game, but the game developed as well. Right. When he first joined, the what he did was what mid laners did, and then he slowly he followed that faker. Uh, I, I know people are gonna be like, "Oh, you're fair, you're that that faker growth pattern of mechanical god, and then over time, both faker and Bjergs have become they have the same impact on the game while taking significantly fewer resources. Yeah. Right. So. Bjergsen's often on the low end of, you know, gold share. Um, in fact, I think Haunter led TSM in that. This, uh, I, I believe you're correct with that, actually, yeah. Uh, and Faker's the same thing. Like, th- what they're doing compared to how much uh, investment they're getting from the team, That's that was their growth. Yeah. I It's it's really funny that we bring up, like, you know, comparison Bjergsen to Faker or the fact that you bring up, like, Wild Turtle because there is sort of this this bipolar nature to TSM fans where we we could say oh we're 
we're this fantastic team. We, you know, we're going to win worlds. We're as good as SKT and all this jazz. And then, like, we'll just look at this, like, last offseason. We went into Worlds, and everyone was like, oh, they're a top-four team. You had some people, like uh, Kelsey Moser, like, they're a top-three team. They're better than the Chinese team. Like, this could be the West's best chance to go against uh, SKT and, like, take them out. Like, and then we fell completely flat on our faces. And then we have this change from from Doublelift to Wild Turtle. And the entire fan base is just on, on suicide watch, essentially. Like, that, oh, my God, we might have one split where we're not very good. Like, this is awful. And... And yeah. I, I am 100% totally at fault for this. It's, I think it's just one of those things that when... I'm actually not. And, and that's unusual. So as you being one of those TSM fans that are very even keeled, you, you're incredibly even keeled for a TSM fan. What... I've been a fan of TSM for... I mean, I've been following uh, eSport, well, at least League of Legends for a long time. Though. Yeah. And I think part of it is because... Um, I will adopt a, uh, let's say, a uh, devil's advocate per, uh, perspective to okay. sometimes enter that TSM fanboy mind on right. Twitter. I will sometimes be that person. <laughs> um, but the thing with TSM has always been, if you actually aren't fanboying, there has always been that domestic dominance, international failure dynamic, which really should make most TSM fans a little more humble than they are. That said, this past world was kind of interesting because they showed a definite ability to keep on it, to compete on a completely even footing with Korean team. Yeah. They just could not beat freaking RNG for some reason. <laughs> it, it just was like, it, it felt like we needed one more step. Like we were right there. We were right at the edge and there just needed to be like, if Doublelift doesn't take that one step forward against Samsung... Oh, that was... We could have... And, and it's that. It's that after that moment in particular, everyone is like, oh, Doublelift is the worst. He's awful. Why Why do you think we're like that? You will sometimes be following like a traditional sports league, and you'll see a team kind of somewhat flame out in the playoffs, uh -huh. a young team, and you'll always hear the... the uh, or read these sports writers talk about how, like, that's a team that's on the cusp. Mm -hmm. And, like, uh, to a certain extent, I kind of wish Double Hen take his break off, though I still think he's going to come back and be probably uh, the best or second best aid carry in North America. But right, that was, I mean, they hadn't had, they'd had Biofrost for a split. Yeah. I mean, and Haunter has grown tremendously. Yeah. I think if Double Lift comes back in the same form he left, this TSM team is arguably better than last year's. I okay. think the week, the question would might be Spence Garen. Yeah, that's but that true. said, Spence Garen had this. He had a equally weak spring last spring, and he came on in the summer over yeah. the course of the summer. So maybe he's just missing. Maybe he needs that shot caller voice of Dublin to guide him to help to make because maybe that because the. The mistake people make these days is that this is if a top player makes a bad teleport, it is we are past the time where that top player is just bad teleporting. Right. There's a shot caller or someone who's making that decision for him, Correct. unless he's the shot caller. So what you can see have a you can have and there have been players, I can't think of an example on tab, a top laner who's everyone's like, This is a a port, he's a he doesn't do well, teleports, his timing's always off, goes to another team, his timing is fine because these are not Looper. Right, these Lo are not Looper. decisions 
made by Looper was the reverse. Uh, he was he was great when he had Mata to call out and to right. make all these shot calling decisions, but when he went off onto M three and was with Dade, it just it it exactly. didn't work. Echo Fox, it doesn't look like it's working either. Like these are team well, English. Yeah, it, that, that's fair enough. Fair enough. These are team decisions. Then, yeah. Right. So I I think uh, if Double comebacks comes back in his full hit in his peak form from last year, or it gets there at least by the end of the split. Um, is if Svenskar can even approximate his form from last year, Hunter is undoubtedly a better player than he was last year. Right. Bjergsen is Bjergsen. I mean, he's 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 he is who he is. Like he's he, very few teams in the world would not immediately sign him if he was a free agent. Right. Very, Obviously, Korean teams wouldn't because he doesn't speak Korean. But <laughs> That's fair. The Chinese fair. team would probably take the plunge. Probably. Probably. Um, every European team would be knocking on him. Yeah. Because the thing is, there might be European top mid-, mid laners who people think are, like, approximate from, like, a skill standpoint. Like, a Perks or uh, uh, Xyla or whatever. Like, I, I, didn't, I didn't super follow EULS last year. But, you know, oh, Exile from Unicorns of Love? Yeah. Yeah, okay. They would still take Bjergsen because he was saying Bjergsen is more than just that yeah i would i would absolutely agree with that so matt we do have a match that is coming up on sunday that as tsm fans we'll be watching very very closely uh it is a rematch of last summer's finals versus cloud nine it's going to be in vancouver um so you know what are your thoughts are are tsm gonna you know is this an easy 3-0 for tsm is this going to be more of a hard fought match are they destined to lose like what what is your prediction for what happens on Sunday, I think TSM wins. Okay. In fact, I, I I'm quite confident TSM wins. Okay. Um, what I would look at in part here is uh, that there's there's a few key players mm-hmm. I would say. Um, now both both these teams are uh, they're the two they're they're bloody. These yeah. are these are. These are uh, are relatively bloody teams, so you know. Actually, that is actually incorrect. That's actually incorrect. They're not bloody teams. Hmm. TSM gets a lot of kills. Mm-hmm. Right? They get a lot of kills. Okay, but they don't die nearly as much. That 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 a really strong KD. Yeah. I don't want to talk about the team aspect of it. There's uh, a few key things I, w- I would look at. Um, top lane. Uh, Impact and uh, Haunter are, I think, most would ag- agree that they're the, the two top, the, the best two top laners in NA this right. past week. I think yeah. that's a- But what's interesting is how different they are used. Correct. Okay. So Haunter has a, had 149 kills in the split, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, 108 deaths. Okay. Okay. He, he, he's, uh, he's bloody. He's bloodthirsty. He goes out there, and he had he had fifty more assists than the next highest person. So he so he he is in the middle of the fight. He's causing mayhem. Um, in the lane, he's often the focus of ganks. You know he's you know third and first blood rate for the top lane next to Looper and Darshan. Obviously, it makes sense that Darshan he's that's just the type of player he goes for. But Hauser manages to be bloody and yet not die nearly as much as like other top laners right so he had 108 deaths on the season in mm-hmm. 47 games which was more games than everyone but Lorlo 
Lorlo died 16 times less, but Lorlo also had 48 fewer kills and 70 fewer assists. So same okay. number of games. I think most player, most teams would take 48 more kills and 70 more assists if they're giving up 16 deaths. Right. I, I would say, yeah. I'd say that's so, pretty true. That is the thing. He, he got a ton of kills. He was top. He, he beat Darshan by 30 kills. And he had 31 less deaths. Like, he's just... He's super... His KD is really high. That's yeah. a really fancy way of saying his KD rate. But he has a really high investment. Okay? So, his CS uh, percentage post-15 is the second highest in the league next to someday. Mm-hmm. So, his team really invested his success. And some might say that, oh, well, that's why he does well. I see that as an expression of faith in Hanser by the team. That they don't necessarily need Bjergsen to always be that guy. Okay. Um, but I actually see, I see the key point two players as contracts and the Bjergsen uh, Jensen dynamic. Okay. Contracts because he's he's inconsistent, right? Okay. He has games where he he can take over a game. Right. His peak is probably higher than Hans, than uh, Spence Garrens is right now. Mm, I would say. Maybe okay. Maybe that. That because he had like Spence Garen take. I just remember I Spence Garen going off at Worlds. He, he does, but I'm talking about now, right yeah, now, how they play season. That's uh, fair. This spring, the contracts peak games have been better than Spence Garen's peak games. That's fair. I, I will but, concede that, yeah. But contracts um, floor games have been worse. Right, yes. his first games have been worse. There's a there's a higher variance when it comes to contracts right. versus Svenskeren this play. And yeah, obviously, I think as Svenskeren has has shown at various times, is like he he can step up. Yeah, he can 100 step up, especially if a team makes a draft mistake like giving him Lisa. Right. right. So if TSM's only major weak point is Svenskeren, which I think is that said, he's still like probably in the top half of junglers in NA, mm-hmm. but their weak point is Svenskeren. Right. So if you're going to give the team's weak point his best champion, a champion he... I, there is very rarely a bad Svensk Aaron Lee Sin game. Correct, if I would agree. Really you're, you're asking to lose. And that happened, actually, last week. They they, they inexplicably gave Svensk Aaron Lee Sin, he just destroyed him. Yeah. And then there's that, and then there's the Bjergsen-Jensen dynamic. And it's that Bjergsen is 100%... Uh, and this isn't fanboying. Bjergsen's a better mid layer than Jensen. And the reason is, is Bjergsen, if we're going to say Jensen's uh, it as the 100 percentile for laning, Bjergsen's like a 98, right? Mm-hmm. Jensen's laning is truthfully kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, in fact, he was uh, leading the league in uh, CS difference at 10 minutes until Bjergsen uh, scooped him at the end. I, who is he playing? Who did they play in the last week of the season? They played against. Uh, they played against Phoenix one, and they played against Liquid. Right, um, and in that last game, Bjergsen averaged like a twenty-eight. Yeah, he he, he styled on Ryu yeah. in the last series. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that uh, that actually pumped up. So like, Jensen averages nine point CS per minute for the season, which is absurd. Like Jen, that's what Jensen averages. But that said, Jensen gets. 30, almost 32% of his team CS per minute, Bjergsen gets 27 and a half. Right. In fact, Jensen's CS per uh, percent post-15 is 2% higher than the next highest, who's Froggen. So yeah. if you take out the farming god, which is Froggen, Jensen is at taking a full 3% more CS per minute after the ne- the actual next 
immortal farmer. So he gets a lot of investment. Mm -hmm. Jensen does not leave mid lane. No, he does not. He does not like to roam. That that to me is a problem because if you're if you're talking about what who is the straw that stirs the drink in a game, it's either the mid laner or the jungler. Okay. Right. So Jensen isn't leaving mid lane, and contracts has an off game. Who is who is making the plays? And that's the problem. That's why if if the Faker Benji example or the Faker Blank example, Faker covers up so many sins of his junglers because he applies so much pressure that. They can't invade his jungle because Faker will come and kill you. Right. So it's the same type of thing. So, but the C9 doesn't have that. If contracts have a bad game, Jensen isn't. It's not in him to be the player that's going to roam and make that play happen. Okay. Where TSM Bjergsen will be that player. Bjergsen will leave lane, come back. Somehow he still averages nine CS per minute, even though he's always roaming. <laughs> that's timing, but it's absurd. Bjergsen's ridiculous. Everyone is. knows this. But that's, that's their team. It's those three players and what happens with those three players are going to make the game for me because honestly, I don't see Smoothie and uh, Sneaky, Sneaky versus Wild Turtle, Biofrost going... Sneaky and Smoothie might win that a little bit, but they're not like... Uh, I'm not frightened of Sneaky. Okay. okay? And top lane, uh, Impact is not going to let Haunter run wild. I think Haunter will probably, depending on matchups, probably do a little Baron lane, but Impact's got years of experience. He's not going to... He, he, he can bend. Mm -hmm. Impact can bend and not break. Yeah. So Very I don't true. see that matchup as necessarily being, at least as far as like the early game goes, because I really do think this game is going to be decided in the early game. Okay? Because both teams uh, can close the lead. Generally speaking. Yeah. So whoever I think whichever team has that lead is going to be the team that wins. Okay. Um, what do you, What do you think the the map score is going to be? Final prediction. Uh, I'm putting you I'm putting you on the the spot here. I think it goes. TSM C nine TSM TSM. Okay, so three one in favor of TSM. Yep, and in that order because I think C nine will bounce back. Okay. And because I think they'll do a good job of adjusting to it, and it's probably Strands, most people probably think it'll be TS, it'll be C9, then TSM, TSM, TSM. <laughs> uh, I do think it will be C9 making some adjustments and bouncing back, but then okay. TSM doing because TSM gets better as series goes on. They always okay. have. Has, has TSM ever actually lost a game? How many game fives has TSM lost? I have no clue. I don't know if they've ever lost. Yeah, a like game when it, five. Like it's and. Domestically, at least, uh, CLG last spring, right? Didn't that series go to five games? Uh, possibly. Yeah, I, I don't know off the top of my head. That yeah, was so. the, that was the that was that famous team fight at the end where Stick says Tristana, uh, he got the kill on Bjergsen. What what is Tristana's passive when it that causes the AOE damage? Oh, oh yeah yeah yeah, uh, explosive yeah. shot yeah. Right. So he 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 uh. Buster shotted uh, someone away. I forgot mm -hmm. who it was. And the collateral, uh, the AOE damage actually killed Bjergsen as well, which then gave him, and then he reset his way to the victory. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think that might be the only domestic. Yeah, that's what uh, it looks like. That's the only only best of five they've lost. All the TSM losses to C9 were 3-0s, right? Yep, that is what I'm yeah, seeing. No, right I mean, 
Okay, yeah, so I was just going to say, TSM domestically does not lose game five. Okay. If it gets to game five, they win. They get better as the series goes on. That's just kind of how they always have been. Well, that's fair. So, Matt, Super BNMG, Galbraith, the TSM super fan that is not as crazy as other TSM super fans. He's got TSM winning. <laughs> Three to one. So, Matt, thank you so much for coming on. I'm going to go ahead and throw it back to Chase, where he is going to introduce us to a member of the uh, of the evil alliance that is known as Cloud9. Wow. Well, thank you for that introduction, Walter. I'm not sure that any TSM fan should be calling anyone else the evil alliance, <laughs> but here we are, and I am here with what I'm going to say uh, are the positive, uh, the, the light side of the force here. And uh, uh, Riley... Arbitrarium Anderson, a Cloud9 super fan. How are you doing, Riley? I'm good, I'm good. How are you doing today? Doing very well. I've just reappeared from the ether after disappearing for match segment. So, you know, it's nice to be back in existence again. I'm feeling good about that. Existence is good. I hear that that's a good thing. <laughs> yes. Proved to, uh, better than the alternative for sure. But we got to talk to you about Cloud9 because this is, you know, another finals for them. This is the fifth matchup between them and, and TSM. So a lot of history here. But let's start with your history with the team. What drew you to becoming a Cloud9 fan when you were first getting into this whole League of Legends thing? Um, so the funny story is that I first came into League of Legends because all four of my male roommates played it and they needed a support player. So I'm basically a cliche. <laughs> <laughs> Um, good start, good start. Right, good start. And back in the day, I actually, we watched EU LCS um, because someone that I knew knew someone that was out there playing. And so I, I was a huge fanatic fan, like mainly just straight from the beginning just because I loved the way they played it. And then one day we were all we were all sick. Every one of us had the flu. We were all laying around on the couch and NA came on after EU. And I think the first match I saw was the C9 game. And I think I just liked it because they're so chill. Like everybody on TSM and really every other team is so like... <gasps> all the time like high energy high stress high everything and, and Cloud9's like yeah dude whatever and I just really thought I mean they're basically a fraternity right so mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a big frat house over there and I just kind of appreciate that chill vibe I guess so, so, so why'd you stick around because it's not a frat house anymore everybody left it is not everybody um, left so why, why yeah. stick around I I guess like when you like start with someone and they, they move the players around. And so like it generally at this point, me watching the games are like cheering for individual players. Sometimes okay. when you're watching matches against each other, you're like, yes, no, wait, I don't know. Mm. Um, particularly this season with fly nine, that was very difficult because you're like, when they were playing each other, I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, it was I wonderful. And I, I actually appreciated the um, acquisition of smoothie because I liked him before he came to C9. So like that made me really happy. Um, I was iffy on contracts. Like, I was like, oh, I don't know at first. But then, like, he's such a cool kid. Like, he's just, just a chill, fun dude. So I like that about him. So. Yeah. I mean, the, certainly, you know, they've mixed around the personalities. But I do feel like, you know, teams kind of build themselves around an identity. Like, there's an idea in your head of what a TSM player looks like. And whatever that guy has been, like, we've yeah, seen it's a winner. versions. It's a I'm winner. Like, <laughs> sure. But like Cloud9 guys, I, I think that there there still is that atmosphere there. You know, Sneaky's still there. Like you still have that in the bot lane and you need a guy like Smoothie who can bounce off of that. And even, you know, Jensen nowadays, I feel like this is a much different version of Jensen than the ones that we necessarily had in our head. You know, he when he first came in, maybe was a little bit more stressed out. Now he seems to have relaxed and, and, and embraced things there. So 
So what is it that, you know, if someone asked you today, like, well, why should I be a Cloud9 fan? Why am I, you know, why should I go this way when this finals is coming up? Uh, what would be your answer to them? Um, I don't know. They're just fun people. Like, I don't hate TSM anymore, but they are a little bit like, there's a lot of trash talk on that side. I would say a lot more so than C9, a lot. <laughs> and I just, I appreciate a little bit of like fun, you know, trash talk here and there, but sometimes they go a little bit far and I just don't appreciate tearing down other people who are also in your league. Like, obviously they're good enough to be playing against you, so. <laughs> Seems fair to me. You must really I, hate Dardock then. <laughs> you know, the, here's the funny thing about Dardock. I absolutely did when I first saw, heard him, and actually the same is true for uh, er, Acadian. When he first when he first came on the scene, he was like a complete uh, uh, complete jerk. Skadius <laughs> <laughs> told me I couldn't swear. That's fine. That's fine. I get it. I get it. I, and, I, and then, like, you know, he especially Acadian got his first two games in, and he, he was like, whoa, <laughs> this is a lot harder than I thought it was, and kind of backed off a little bit. And now I actually watch his stream. He's pretty funny. Like, I, I like him. Um, Dardock, I'm still iffy on, because he kind of goes back and forth. Like, yeah, I totally got humbled there. And then three games later, he's, like, trash-talking some dude. He's, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That's totally fair. Well, I mean, there's... There's also that that cloud nine, you know, that you we just saw like the interview today that Reaper had. Like, there's some reflection there. I feel like they're more willing to to look into themselves. You know, he said, "I don't know if I should have gotten Coach of the Year. I don't know if." Don't vote for yourself. Year. Yeah, well, there's mm -hmm. look fine, but at least oh, there's yeah. <laughs> that, that willingness to, uh, you know, at least go out there and say like, "Hey, we've got things that we needed to work on." And this is a team that fell back a little bit the last couple seasons. You know, this is the first time that Cloud Nine's been in the finals for a couple splits now. So so what has that rise back to the top been like for you? What's it like kind of being on the other side and what's it like to be back on the top of the mountain again? Um, I was actually really, really happy. I didn't get to see the games uh, live because I was sleeping because I work at night. So I watched them kind of later and I felt like they just looked so confident and chill. Like back in the day when High was mid laner, you know, you'd always hear that sound bite. Yeah, dude, I died, but don't worry. It's fine, guys. We're fine. And here, like they were all kind of playing like it's kind of, it's cool. We got this. And that is a different, even for a chill team, kind of a different vibe than they've had in the past. Like they're all smiling, they're relaxed, they're laughing on their comms. They look like they're having a good time again, which I suppose comes from winning too. But like, I appreciate that that just makes me feel like it's just more fun to watch. It's better player, you know, player experience. It's better as a, as a watcher too. Like it's actually more fun when your team is having a good time. So. What do you think about the, uh, the cloud nine TSM rivalry? Obviously, you know, we, we played, we played a number of times over the last, six years you know you probably would have been the you know you guys were the team that showed up when tsm kind of had a stranglehold over north america and was like nah you know what I, I, like I, what does that rivalry mean to you when you see tsm and cloud nine face off against each other so you know i wasn't around for that part i told you i was late to the scene mm -hmm. so i don't remember them coming that, that, on that's the that's fine i just mean in, in <laughs> yeah. general um i feel like it I've always thought of it being like a TSM CLG thing for obvious reasons, mm -hmm. but this season, like it really, from the beginning, I think back at the beginning of the season, they were saying, you know, Cloud9 and TSM were the people who were looking like they were gonna do it. And I felt like, hey, that's kind of cool. So, I mean, not that C9 is a new team for sure, but like it's a different like conversation that you're having at the beginning. And it's kind of fun to have like, uh, I, would, I was gonna say enough talent that everybody was kind of in it until nearly the end. And then I realized, well, <laughs> 
every everyone struggled this season. Maybe that would be a better way to put mm -hmm. it. Um, I just thought it made everything a little bit more interesting. It made it there was a lot. The stakes were higher because there was all the way up until the end. There was a chance you could lose out on it for every team involved, including TSM. So that was, I think, a little bit. It it means to me that like there's there's a lot of talent going around and that people are changing in and out their players. It's it's the same teams, but it's not the same team because every season they look different. And in a lot of ways, they were looking better in the last few seasons, like building up to this season. So. Yeah. I mean, this has been a process, right? This has been a, a, you know, step by step, especially last year. You know, we saw them not do so well in the spring, summer. They needed that run throughout the gauntlet in order to make it to Worlds. And, and they, you know, were able to pull that off. And I, I think that this is kind of the culmination of everything they've been building towards. Um, I, I got to ask you just because Walter and I have had this argument a thousand times. <laughs> Jensen versus Bjergsen. Who do you think should have gotten the nod this year? Because that's the real mid lane rivalry. All right, so I've been close. having this conversation pretty regularly with uh, my crew as well. And I, there is literally, Bjergsen is a world-class player. Nobody's denying that. But he kind of only plays one way. Like, he, he only plays, I am the carry. I get the jungle attention. I get all the resources. This is how I play. He's a little like Cutie Pie in the ADC role. Like, everything, all, all your camps belong to me. Everything belongs to me. Um, and Jensen has been playing like some support, like support mids this season, which I thought was unusual from him. Like when I when I came in, but it's been kind of working. Um, I I don't know if he's better than Bjergsen, but they definitely play very different play styles that I think are supported pretty well by their teams, and they kind of play around them. So in that way, they're both equally important to their teams. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, oh. Okay, you know I, we've, we've heard your argument, Walter. I'm not going to let you do this again. No, 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 no just, just, I, <laughs> just the, the, the argument that, that Bjergsen is all carry all the time. I, I don't think I agree with that because that's been one of my knocks against TSM in the past has been, why is Bjergsen playing mid-Lulu? Why is he playing mid-Oriana? Why is... So that, that's just, I guess, yeah, this split, if I, if I look at the stats, you definitely saw Jensen on way more Oriana. Um, that was like the main supportive champion, but I I don't know. I you say he plays one way, and I'm not sure I can agree with that. I think that Bjergsen is a is much better at roaming around the map. That he actually leaves his lane, and Jensen doesn't really roam. He is pretty much I'm gonna sit in lane, and I'm gonna then punish you for the leaving the lane by trying to chip away at your tower and by building up these massive um, CS leads. But as we just talked about with Matt. Bjergsen roams around, and he still has, like, a ridiculous 9 CSP per minute. Like, it's not like, you know, if Jensen is the 100th percentile of a laner, Bjergsen's, like, 98. And then I think Bjergsen's just better as a shot caller and better in the team fighting phase, so. Well, see, and the team fighting, though, is where I'm going to go back on her side. Because I, I had Jensen first team all mid, pro mid laner. You and you were wrong! Me. It's okay! You're wrong, but it's okay! Well, we'll find out on Sunday now, won't we? But this is the thing, right? This is, you know, this season... Cloud9 has needed those mid-game team fights. You know, they haven't had a great early game this year. They're usually playing from behind. But when those big fights came down, Jensen seemed to know what he was doing. So I, I got to ask, you know, to bring this back to you, Riley. Do, do you have heart attacks watching this Cloud9 team? Like, every game they're playing, <laughs> and you're like, I don't know what's happening here. It's like down at one and a half thousand at 20 minutes. Like, yeah. what are we going to do? I remember back, like, last last split we were thinking oh it's because of high that's just the kind of shot caller he is he plays better from behind and now he's not on the team and it's kind of still going on like you're still all of a sudden you're like jensen do something and then 
25 and 30 minutes in, they have that big team fight you're talking about, and he comes out, you know, with a team kill or whatever you want to call it. And I'm just like, mm, okay. And then they, they again, really hard. <laughs> and then they're behind again for another five minutes or more. And then, oh, suddenly we have a good team fight. And we're all, it, yeah, it's definitely a lot more back and forth than uh, I think previous books have been. The, the the cardiac killers, you know, is what I always like to describe them. They, they keep you on your toes. You can just never count Cloud9 out. And I think that's something that when you're watching the finals, I'm sure you're going to be keeping in the back of your head is just at any given point, we can have that one team fight and Cloud9 just knows how to close from there. They know how to make those big swinging movements and take advantage of those little moments. So when you're going into this series, what... What is the thing that that kind of keeps you up at night? What's the thing that makes you nervous? Impact. <laughs> Impact. Oh god. Whoa. So, listen. Um I think a little bit before we started, we talked a little bit and I like top lane versus Hanser. I mean, everyone in the league is like I got to face Hanser. Like mm -hmm. and I Impact has those games where he's just on and then he has those games like What's the meme about balls and his his uh, damage to champions in that one game last season, like 239 or something? Sounds about right. <laughs> and you're just like, Impact, dude, what are you doing? Or like doing these random TPs that got you absolutely nothing. And you're like, I don't I don't understand. I don't understand. And then, you know, I, Ray has always played well, both in solo queue. And I think, I think every time he's been put in, he's played well, even if they didn't necessarily win the game. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm not like, I'm not thinking that Reaper should give up on impact, but he makes me a little bit nervous. So. Yeah, I, I got to say, this is one of those things that we, we kind of forget, right? Uh, impact had a negative average goal differential at 10 minutes in the regular season. He's actually usually playing from behind. And I don't know exactly why I think that he's is. a big reason why C9 is generally playing from behind. Sneaky is um, obviously the bot lane is very, very good. And Generally, you know, obviously we mentioned that already that Jensen's doing really well in the mid lane, especially, you know, getting ahead. Uh, and Contracts is very, very good. Nobody's going to say he's not. But Impact is the one where I'm just like, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> that That's really that's really interesting because you know, I, I hate to bring it back to Matt, but Matt, when I, Matt and I were talking, he was talking about that he thought that uh, Impact would kind of negate Haunters. That impact has sort of turned into Dyrus, where he's very much bend but don't break. He's not gonna like lose to Haunters. He might, you know, lose a tower. He might, but he's not gonna just completely fall apart and let Haunters be able to 100% uh, carry the game. He was much more. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> he was much I mean... more focused on on contracts. So you're feeling good about a rookie jungler in in the finals on an LCS stage where it's gonna be in Vancouver. <laughs> shown that he can i don't know if vancouver is going to make a difference for him or not but he's played against you know the best strugglers in the country you know in nalcs and he's done very well against almost all of them so he does though have the days where he just doesn't like i mean he's also a rookie so i don't know what even to say about that but i i'm feeling better about contracts than i am about impact <laughs> well this see this okay. is what we need to know this is why we need cloud nine fans on the pod because i would not have i would not have guessed that but when you like, we've been talking through this entire season about, like, yeah, it kind of feels like they're trying to wean away from Impact, right? Like, it's it feels like Cloud9, if they really thought that Impact was 100% the guy, 
maybe he wouldn't be subbed out for Ray quite as often. Or at the mm -hmm. very least, you'd see Ray start series and then get impacted in games that matter where, yeah. rather than series where we've seen the exact opposite happen, where right. impact started and it's like, well, we lost game one, let's get Ray in there. And that's just it's been a very interesting yeah. dynamic. Do you think they switch out during the season or do you think they try to stick with one? Um, I think they've shown in the past that even when impacted well in the first game, they've still switched Ray out uh, for him. I don't know if it's more experience related and that was what they were going for, but I do expect to see Ray in the, se in the series. Okay. This is, yeah, so I guess all in all, all of this taken into account, pros, cons, everything, what's your, what's your heart telling you about this series? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm actually really nervous about it, so we'll see. You gotta put a score. What are you? What's your? Oh, heart you want me to say a score? I want you to say a score. Where's, oh, uh, I think it'll go to all five. Actually, I've been saying that since it came out who it's gonna be. I think it'll go to all five. But obviously, C9 is gonna win because. Oh, obviously, you just oh, went awesome. from I'm really nervous about this, but obviously, no, Con Knight is I gonna am. win. I actually I see. think I think it could go either way. To be honest, they've played each other. Hey, what's the what's the series? It's, uh, it's in, in NALCS finals, the teams are two and two against each other. So That's this is literally yeah. the best of five, of the which best will be settled five. in <laughs> a best of five. Yeah. So it has to go to five games. It would feel wrong. Like it would be so anticlimactic uh, if it didn't happen. Although well, both of them have shown that they randomly three O teams you don't expect to. So I mean I don't yeah, know, but I know. I do think it'll go to five. So it, and both of their games like. Nobody walked all over each other. You know, I mean, there was certainly, like, the, the final score may have looked one way, but they, I mean, they looked good in their matchups against each other when they played for the ones that I saw, so. I, I, will, I will say this. TSM, we discussed this with Matt, but just so you know, TSM and best of fives in regional play in the finals have lost once, and that was to CLG two years ago. So yeah. TSM has only lost one best of five in regional play, so... Well, in, a, in a game five, in a game five, where it goes to all five in, games. Yeah. In a, well, see, we'll have to find out. that It's going to be certainly a very fun series. Riley, it was certainly very fun to have you on the pod. Thank, Thank you so you. much for joining us. Uh, anything you want to plug on your way out real quick? I, I don't know. I'm just here for the fun of it, dude. <laughs> Fair. I was that just, that's such a Cloud9 you know, I mean, fan. <laughs> sure. I, I mean, like, I'm like, I did change to mid this season because I was sick of the support, like, bullying because you're a girl in a support and i play vladimir so i don't even play a female champion there how's that there yeah. <laughs> I, i've played with your vlad before so i, yeah, I was just learning though that wasn't really fair <laughs> i wasn't even gonna say anything but yeah, yeah if you want to get defensive that's fine well we're gonna get back to the rest of the show but uh thank you so much for coming on and uh we'll talk to you guys in a second take back to you chase well thank you back so much for that chase uh hopefully you guys uh, enjoy those fan segments. We love having people on the pod. Walter, we just had a whole bunch of analysis and a lot of breaking down of, of these different feelings and attitudes that both fan bases have. Putting on the analyst hat for just one moment here, what is the one thing that you think more than anything will determine this series and how it ultimately breaks down? So anytime that Cloud9 and TSM have sort of faced each other in the last couple years. <laughs> it has been this this battle between Jensen and Bjergsen, the Danish prodigies, the, you know, the goody-goody tissue Bjergsen and the reformed toxic. Like, this is kind of like, like the West version of Faker and Apto. It just Apto got unbanned and was allowed to play, like, professional League of Legends. Like, that's what this is. And 
Jensen just... Jensen gets like a game. There's like one game where you're like, oh, maybe Jensen's caught up to Bjergsen. You know, we look back at the beginning of the season. He played the Fizz against Bjergsen and completely shut down this Svenskeri and Bjergsen combination just by, it's a Fizz. How do you gank a Fizz? Like, you don't get to gank a Fizz and kind of, you know, kind of confuse Svenskeri. And he hasn't been the same since then. But just straight up, Bjergsen's better. And I'm waiting for that moment because if Cloud9's ever really going to surpass TSM consistently, they need to have their mid laner at Bjergsen's level. It can't be, you know, if Bjergsen's 100%, you can't have Jensen be 98. It just, it, it won't work. Because there will always be that extra gear that Bjergsen can go to that Jensen just can't catch up to him. And I'm a big TSM fan. I want that never to ever happen. I never want Jensen in matchup. I want Jensen's career against Bjergsen to be this giant question mark of, like, he never could do it. He never, ever could catch up to him. I want him to be the Tracy McGrady or the Vince Carter or, like, the Latrell Sprewell or any of these, or, or, or the Brandon Roy or any of these other guys that ever tried to step up to Kobe Bryant and just battled him constantly and constantly and constantly and never quite got there. Um, so that's why anytime they play, that's, that's the matchup I'm always most interested in. I think the matchup that's going to define this series is probably the jungle matchup, but it's this matchup that I care the most about because as a TSM fan, Against any Western team, as long as I have Bjergsen, I have an ace up my sleeve. I have that one final trick. I have the Junkrat bombs after Junkrat dies that's going to take out your Reinhardt and win my team the entire fight. I've been playing a lot of Overwatch lately. Yes. I have that one trick up my sleeve that I can always rely on, and that is the best player that the West has ever created in Bjergsen. And until 18 can step up to that... Until Cloud9 and Jensen can match that level, I'm not scared of Cloud9. Not really. I always know that, yeah, sure, maybe they'll beat us this time, but we can always catch them on the next go. And that's why I think this year is going to be so much fun as a TSM and a Cloud9 fan is this is probably going to be the summer finals matchup because I don't see the player that any of these other teams are going to pick up that's all of a sudden going to have them contest Cloud9 and TSM. Yeah. And we had that short little interlude with CLG, you know, taking cloud Nine spot, and that was cute. That was a nice, fun story for the CLG fans. But this is the rivalry that has pretty much defined the entire LCS era. It has been Cloud9 versus TSM. It has been that challenger team that TSM helped nurture back in spring of 2013, into an LCS-caliber opponent, and now has butted heads with them ever since. And sure, Cloud9 had their down spot. TSM had their down spot with, with, with uh, Yellowstar. Like, it happens. So, you know, at the end of the day, um, I'm, I'm, this is going to be a good series. And as an analyst, I love it. It's going to be good League of Legends. And as a TSM fan, um... I'm I'm nervous, but I'm not. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna stay up the night before and go. Oh God, what? Oh man, we might lose to Cloud Nine. Like I can sleep comfortably knowing that even if we lose to Cloud Nine on Sunday, we're gonna come back in the summer with double lift, and we're gonna just go undefeated the entire split, go to Worlds and beat SKT 3-0 in the grand finals. So, I mean, that's it's it's certainly. I, I'm not sure I'm willing to go that far, but I will say... I, that's because totally, you're not a TSM fan. Well, and that's fine. I, I can live with that, surprisingly. But, uh, but, you know, it's one of those things where I do believe... I do agree with you wholeheartedly when you say that this feels like 
the setup for the summer finals in a lot of ways. You know, I it's kind of like, you know, we know the Avengers 3 Infinity War, it's going to be part one. And it's going to be great, and I'm looking forward to it, and I'm excited for it. But I also know that part two is going to come just a couple years later, and I'm super excited to see that too. And that's the one that's probably going to be the big, massive, oh my god, I have no idea what even happens after that point, yep. because it'll shake up everything. And and that's kind of how it feels. But, you know, I I care about MSI more than you do, so I, I this holds more weight to me than you. Uh, I think that if TSM or Cloud9 goes to MSI and did well, that would matter. I think especially now that we're at this point where, you know, Riot's looking at the world seating and putting uh, North America in a different category than they're putting the other power regions. Don't Look, don't get me started on this I, I I'm just going to say. Don't get me started I, on this bowl. I don't think North American fans have, are, have any right to complain right now because of what international events have looked like recently. But if you wanted to make a case and give Riot that metaphorical middle finger and say, no, we are North America, we are a power region, and we deserve more respect than that, well, both of these teams are the ones that are going to have to go out and prove that at MSI, and I think that will matter. And I think whichever one of these teams can emerge from here, I think has a good chance to go out and, and, and do even more with that moving forward. So I'm excited for this series. I can't wait. I'm, I know you can't wait. Walter. For the last time for the 2017 spring season, what do you think the line is? See, at the end of the day, I don't care what this line is because I'm already the champion. I, I secured that on the European podcast. But I would love to 2-0 you just yes. to, to rub your face in it one last time and yes. go into the summer on this sort of high streak. So I'm going to say TSM minus 175. Well, first of all, I'm not sure you want to go in on a high streak. We saw what happened to FlyQuest when they went with that pass. Bada boom! So maybe, you know, be careful. But you are unfortunately going to get the 2-0. Uh, I hate this. I said minus 180. Um, I just thought, given how high TSM was last week, uh, I, I figured Stixay. that... That's Stixay. That's not that high. Was... That's Adrian and Stixay. Ah, uh, you're right. I'm sorry. My bad. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I had it at minus 180. It is actually TSM minus 137. That is some decent value for a favorite there. Uh, Cloud9 is plus 105 on the underdog odds. I also think there's value there, just because I think that this series... Okay, okay, I... hold on. Time out, Unicorn. You can't do this to me. You can't do this to me. Listen, oh, they did you're, su no, no, no. you're supposed to give me exceptional value on Cloud9 because when I hedge my bet, I'm actually supposed to make money off it. You can't make this even. That, that, that's not how this works. You don't get to do that. You don't get to screw me. You don't get to screw the Guest Alliance champion. Are you kidding me? This oh, is absurd. Man. This is ridiculous. TSM should be 300 point favorites in this. Come on. Oh. This is ridiculous. How am I supposed to make money off of you guys? See, if they were 300 point favorites, then I would have won the point there. So, so it's kind of, I guess you take what you can get. But we got to find some value for our... our listeners here uh some of the other prop bets for the series that stood out to me tsm uh minus one and a half games at plus 155 i thought it was interesting uh Ooh. over four and a half maps at plus 165 we have to do that right mm. like like Absolutely. i said it's a it's the fifth series in the finals that these teams have had it's a best of five. It has to yeah. go to five now. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. I would definitely I would definitely take that. Also everyone at home I'd also take Cloud9 at plus one oh five. Okay. Everyone at home, just everyone on the planet, take Cloud9 at plus 105, please. Thank you. You know what? I'm going to go with you on that. I'm not even going to do the, oh, I disagree. There should be some other value elsewhere. I think Cloud9 can win this series. 
I had Jensen as my first team all pro mid laner for a reason. Like I genuinely believe that this team has all of the team fighting tools they're going to need. They certainly yeah, have absolutely. enough absolutely. firepower. Yep, yep, absolutely, everyone. Cloud9 is going to win this series. Take the plus 105. Yep. Oh, yep. we got to come up with a Phoenix 1 FlyQuest bet because we said we'd bet on every playoff series. Uh, um, number of times I puke watching this game. Can we just take Phoenix 1 minus 1.5 one at plus 115? Like, this feels 3-1 to Phoenix 1, right? Right? FlyQuest doesn't win two games. Are we sure Phoenix 1 can win two games? <laughs> Someone has to win two games. I'm sure. Phoenix 1 minus 1.5. One I don't it's... feel good about this, just so you know. What, what's the odds? Plus 115? Plus 115. I mean, the other thing we could have bet to go four, five matches. I don't feel good about any... I don't feel good about anything in that series. I don't feel good about the series. Like... I, I really feel bad for the people that are going to Vancouver and have to sit. Like, don't go on Saturday. Just go go drink. Go to some bar in Vancouver. I'm sure they'll have the game on. Just go drink. Hang out with some friends. Like, if you're going to be in the arena, go find, you know, I'm sure Trick, you know, Trick 2G or there'll be a bunch of, you know, Geronimo or League streamers will be there. Go find them. Go get autographs from them. You know, between, between the games when the casters are out there doing autographs, go get autographs from them. Don't watch this series. And if you are, go drink. Just get hammered. I do not condone underage drinking, nor do I encourage drinking and driving. But yes. if you wouldn't be underage drinking and you could take an Uber, drink because that's the only way you're going to enjoy this series. I think that's fair. You know, and it's in Canada, Inori, home field advantage, maybe. God, I this mean, is going to... Yeah, sure. I guess. Sure. I mean, it's sure. going to be... It's certainly But Alltech is from Vancouver, too, so it's like, meh. Let's, you know, no. Smoothie and wild turtle are Canadian. It's yeah. going to be fun. It's going to be very... Stone cold sober for Cloud9 versus TSM. Don't touch a drop of liquor. Don't leave your seat. Bring a catheter with you so you don't have to leave your seat. I'm that serious. This is going to be a great series. You and I have a different definition of how to enjoy a great series, but that's fine. You can talk about all the different ways to enjoy series if you follow us on social media. I'm at Red Shirt King. Always love to hear from you guys on any thoughts that you think uh, you'd like to talk about that I presented here. Walter, where can the nice people at home find you? Um, you guys can all find me, you know, gloating about my Guest Alliance Championship belt at C80s underscore LOL. Awesome. Uh, next week, I, I believe... We should probably do like a finals wrap up, right? Just EU NA one podcast episode. Well, there's something. There'll be something that comes well, next week. And you know, we promised our viewers, Walter. So you know, we've got a project going on, guys. We've been talking about it in the comments. We've been bringing it up, hinting about it since the beginning of 2017. It's finally going to be time. So sit back, relax, enjoy some great games, and come back next week. And until then, bye, Energy. Hey there, C80s here. Thanks for checking out the podcast. And if you enjoyed today's episode, consider supporting us at www.patreon.com backslash roughdraftspod. For just a dollar a month, you can join your fellow listeners in our patron-only Discord channel and help keep the content coming. Or join our VIP club, where a dollar a show or eight bucks a month gets you first priority on all patron content, like our patron-only Q&As. And check us out on all of our social media, Twitter, at RoughDraftsPod, Facebook.com, backslash RoughDraftsPod, SoundCloud.com, backslash EsportsRoughDrafts, as well as on iTunes and YouTube by just searching for the Rough Drafts Podcast. Thanks for listening, and goodbye, Internet.